Time now for Kings Talk. Oh, it's squirted between the pads. Where you, the listeners, call in with your comments and questions after every Kings game. Tell us what's on your mind. Call us at 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. We'll also take a look at the stars of the game, game highlights, and the out-of-town scoreboard. It's time for Kings Talk, right here on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk, coming to you live from the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center on the upper concourse of Crypto.com Arena. Final score here tonight in downtown L.A., your L.A. Kings 1, the Seattle Kraken 2. We're taking your questions and comments about the game, the team, and anything else you'd like to talk about at 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. Bit of a heads up, though, because the game was delayed due to being a nationally covered game, uh, we may wind up going a little bit shorter tonight. So if you've got a call, a topic you want to get in, uh, call in now, 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. This was a game that, uh, as I said in the uh, little intro before we went to break, this was one of those games. This was a game late in the first period with the Kings out shooting Seattle 17-2. to I got that familiar sense of dread that if the Kings weren't going to score and score soon, that Seattle would ultimately wind up scoring uh, a dumb goal, a fluky goal, a, 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 a goal that just sort of happened to go in and that that would set the tone for the rest of the night. Uh, I don't know if you want to call that superstition. I don't know if you want to call that pessimism. But I can't tell you how many times I have found myself watching a game like that and turning to the person next to me uh, for years and years and years. It was my dad. Um, and just saying, I said it on Twitter, next goal wins. Um, it was one of those games... Both goaltenders were uh, were stopping pretty much everything that was thrown at them. Uh, Cam Talbot had less work to do than Joey Decord did, but low-scoring game, and it just felt like it was going to be that way uh, late in the first period. Uh, it winds up being 2-1, to one, and uh, the Kings getting a fortunate uh, play at the middle of the third period there for Blake Lazat to get the one goal for your L.A. Kings. Again, call in 877-KINGS-20. 877 Kings 20 and I'd like to talk about the power play because late in the game there Kings had a chance to tie it up same as Seattle did a few days ago when the Kings were up two to one and Seattle tied it late in the game and the Kings on the power play um, I don't know if this was by design I don't know if this is just how it happened Kevin Fiala was uh, told to return back to the bench for the faceoff and Phil Deneau came out and replaced him which meant that Phil Deneau wound up sort of taking his spot on the ice, which put Phil Deneau high in the zone. And I am not, uh, I'm not a hockey coach, but I often find myself wondering why certain players find themselves in certain places on the ice. Todd McClellan spoke just last night about the importance of puck retrievals on the power play. I'm going to play you that clip right now. An important component of a power play is the retrievals. There's always going to be shots and there's going to be plays made, but... Your opportunity to score is often on that reattack and, and the ability to go get something loose and pull a penalty kill out of position. And, and uh, Arthur did that. He was the fresh player, obviously, in, in the line change. And he went and found uh, a loose puck and was able to, to put it into a scoring area. And obviously, Kopi did the rest. Now I'm going to play you a clip again from last night. Todd McClellan talking about the uh, Trevor Moore, Phil Deneau, and Kevin Fiala line and uh, strong play out of them. Absolutely. They were, um, you know, when they didn't have it, they were working really hard as a group of three to get it back. And they took a lot of passing lanes away. They reloaded well. And then when they did have it, they held on to it. And, and um, 
did a good job in the offensive zone wearing wearing the other team down uh, when they needed to and uh, attacked when they had to. So they, they had a real good night. It's really good to see. Now, I don't have the clips on hand. They're somewhere deep inside my laptop. It'd take me a while to dig them out and find out where I put them. But last year and the year before, there were conversations with Trevor Moore and Phil Deneau about why their power play unit was clicking when it was over the past couple seasons. And the answer was always um, effort. It, they had to treat it like uh, like it was a shift you had to work at. I remember Trevor Moore saying that on the penalty kill, you have to outwork your opponent. And sometimes when you have the man advantage, it's easy to forget that the other team is going to try and outwork you. And this was a situation, again, I don't know whether it was by design or a fluke, but to have uh, Phil Deneau, a player who's excellent at puck retrieval, and a player with a reputation for that hard work, that grind, that hustle, especially down low behind the nets in the corners. And how many times have we seen Phil Deneau score from two, three, four feet away from the net? To have him as far away from the net as physically possible uh, up in the up in the point late in a game with the goalie pulled down two to one, um, I just didn't understand that. And again, like I said, I don't know if it was just a quirk because – Last minute, Kevin Fiala was instructed to return back to the bench, and so Phil Deneau was the man over the boards to replace him. Maybe that was where he would fit in in that situation. I don't know. Um, but the power play not doing the Kings any favors tonight. Um, don't want to get too negative about it. Don't want to focus on it too much. But this was a case where I didn't think the team played poorly. I didn't think the Kings played badly. But I also didn't think the Kings played particularly well. I'd be curious to see what Todd McClellan says after a game like this. They outshot uh, their opponent tonight by a wide margin, 44 shots on goal for the LA Kings, 30 for the Seattle Kraken, and yet the score is 2-1. to one. So what was happening there? How does a score like that uh, develop? If we take a look at the heat map on natural stat trick uh, as it reloads, sorry, uh, at least at the end of the second period, the Kings seem to be generating plenty of chances uh, in front of the net. But if we look at the total game now, that it has reloaded it, the heat map just shows you where the shot locations are coming for from excuse me for your team that that bright red spot in front of the net uh that was there at the end of the second period has faded a bit and uh, a lot of shots from the perimeter a lot of shots from the point a lot of uh, spray and pray i saw the phrase uh, thrown out on twitter a few times so not really surprising uh, based on what I watched here tonight, uh, that the Kings were unable to beat Joey Decord. He had a great game against, excuse me, against them the other night. Another strong performance uh, from him tonight. He made one mistake, and Blake Lazat was able to put it behind him uh, to make it two to one, L.A. Kings. Let's go ahead and listen to that play. Oop, have to pull that play up first. Pardon me. <laughs> but um, Blake Lazat getting the only goal of the game, a short-handed goal. Uh, after a uh, mishandled play by Seattle Kraken goaltender Joey Decord. Oh, look out, a turnover, score! Blake Lazat, a shorthanded goal to get the Kings on the board, his second shorthanded goal this season. It was a nice hustle play by Blake Lazat, and it almost didn't go in, but he did manage to get it past the goaltender to avoid the Kings being shut out. Uh, this was the third game out of seven against Pacific Division opponents. Beat Seattle four days ago. They beat San Jose last night. Now two and one in that seven-game stretch. They have games against Calgary, San Jose, Vegas, and Edmonton remaining. We are going to take a break right now. When we return, we'll take a look at some numbers, hopefully take some of your calls. 
Seattle Kraken 2, LA Kings 1. You're listening to Kings Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio. This is Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to LA Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk. Coming to you from the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center on the upper concourse of Crypto.com Arena. Final score here tonight in downtown L.A., your L.A. Kings won the Seattle Kraken 2. Three stars of the game mentioned. I forgot to take a look at that uh, in the previous segment. Just a second while I reload the media site. Three stars of the game tonight. Third star, Jordan Eberly with a goal for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, the... Uh, forward for the Seattle Kraken. Second star, Blake Lazotte with that shorthanded goal in the third period. And the first star, no surprise, the goaltender for Seattle, Joey Decord, stopping 43 of 44 shots. Or, sorry, 42. Somehow a shot on goal was taken away since the last time I looked at this website. 42 of 43 shots stopped for Joey Decord. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I was just looking at it. It said 44. I just glanced at it now, and it says 43. We have a caller on the line, wants to talk about uh, the L.A. Kings, says he doesn't think they played bad. Not 100% sure on the name, but are you there, caller? Yes, I am. How are you, Jesse? Good. How are you doing tonight? What's your name? I'm sorry. The uh, couldn't. Uh, uh, I put as E-Man. E-Man. Okay, that's what it said on my phone, but I wasn't sure if that was correct or not. How are you doing tonight, E-Man? Good, good. Just coming out of the game. And uh, you agreed with me that you didn't think they played bad, per se. Yeah, they didn't play bad. They had all the shots. You know, there were certain advantages and everything. It's not like we had that many defensive breakdowns. It's just uh, one of those nights where we got to kink out everything. Obviously, we had a new kind of system trying to play the home game. And, you know, there's something that we got to fix for the big game on the 30th. Joining me now, Daryl Evans. Daryl, thoughts on E-Man's observation about tonight's game? Well, I didn't think the Kings had their best game. Uh, I think sometimes statistics can kind of, you know, sway your mind as to the way the game went. I thought the Kings' best period was the first period. They didn't capitalize on a couple of chances that they had. But I thought after that, the second or the third period, uh, their shot volume came down. One area that was really disappointing, and uh, again, late in the game there, unofficially the Kings were held to just one shot on goal on the man advantage. And when you're playing in a one-goal game, that's got to be, you know, that that can be a difference maker. Uh, They were fortunate enough to pick up a shorthanded goal on a lucky break, but uh, the power play didn't get the volume. When you look at, you know, whether it was 43, 44 shots that the Kings end up with at the end of the game, and only one of them comes via the power play, uh, they got to take that same five-on-five mentality shoot the puck. We just talked to Blake Lazat down in the locker room, and he said that as well. He said, uh, you know, they've got to get more pucks towards the net. Uh, as a penalty kill, you want to keep the puck around the perimeter. You allow the opposition to move the puck there, and the Kings weren't just direct enough in order to get those uh, open up those lanes and get pucks through. Now I'm going to uh, jump in front of the uh, bullet here for E-Man for a second. He was agreeing with me. I said earlier, Daryl, I thought that the Kings may not have played well, but I didn't think they played poorly. It's a it's a weird sort of uh, in-between where just because you're not doing something one way doesn't mean you're necessarily doing it another. I agree with you the stats can be misleading, but, I mean, they generated some opportunities. Yeah, no, they generated some chances. You know, again, it wasn't that they played poorly, 
but I think the Kings have set a higher standard this year. Uh, they expect more from themselves, and you know whether it was physical fatigue, mental fatigue, having played the game last night, uh, you can't use that as an excuse. Seattle was in here; they got a chance to practice here yesterday, and uh, you know these two teams are very familiar with each other. They just played with each other, uh, you know, a couple of days ago. So Seattle, I thought, did a good job at executing their game plan. Jumping out to a lead was important for them. Uh, and uh, you know they're a team that has not had a lot of success when they you know when they score uh, you know th- less than three goals. So uh, the Kings just couldn't you know find a way to get the puck you know through the goaltender. I didn't think the goaltender was outstanding. I thought he played a real solid game, but I don't think the Kings tested with enough grade A opportunities uh, as the game went on. So uh, back to the drawing board. Uh, you know you park that one. And you move forward. You know, next game will be against Calgary. It's going to be a lot of similarities to what we saw tonight. Uh, you know, a division rival. That was the first Kings' first regulation loss against the Pacific Division. They entered night's action 4-0-1 against the Pacific Division. So now they're 4-1-1. And if they can keep that, uh, you know, that ratio up to the, you know, the rest of the season uh, against their division, they're going to be in a good spot come the middle of April. So, uh, you know, Again, one step backwards, two forwards, but a little bit of a uh, little bit of work to be done in the next couple of days in preparing for Saturday. Eman, thank you so much for the call. We really appreciate it, Daryl. I want to ask you uh, uh, to clarify something that happened because uh, not trying to pick on anybody, but I saw it uh, during that last power play, and I was a little bit confused by it. So maybe you can help explain it to me and the listeners. There was uh, a moment where the referee. Signal to the bench that Kevin Fiala had to return to the bench right before the faceoff. And as a result, Phil Deneau came over. And then I saw Phil Deneau up at the point on the power play. Now, we heard from Todd McClellan last night in his postgame comments about the importance of puck retrieval on a power play. We know, obviously, that Trevor Moore and Phil Deneau have been lauded for their puck retrieval skills and play down low and, you know, going to the dirty areas of the net. So is that a situation where Phil Deneau was just thrown on to replace Kevin Fiala last second and had to just literally take his spot uh, in the power play configuration? Well, the reason that Fiala was taken off is because the stoppage of play, he got high stick. That forced the stoppage of play uh, So with an injury. So he's got to go off the Has ice. Has that always been the rule? I, I heard you yeah. guys say that yeah. on the broadcast, but I can't remember yeah. that. So he, he went off the ice, and unfortunately they weren't able to get him back on the ice because Kevin Fiala in a game like this, he's got endless energy, his skating ability, his puck protection, uh, his puck movement. Uh, he's got great vision on the ice. I think they really missed that on that last power play, and that's not blaming anybody else or anything like mm-hmm. that. And that's not to say that Kevin Fiala would have been the difference, but you know we all know what he's capable of doing, and uh, you know, and what he has done. So it, w- it was an unfortunate thing the way that it played out, but. Uh, you know, everybody's familiar with, you know, one guy when he's not out there with his, you know, particular group. Uh, Phil Deneau, uh very familiar with what they're doing out there and the, the way they're trying to execute. So, uh, again, that wasn't uh, a personnel thing. It was uh, collectively as a group. Uh, they just weren't able to get in sync and get on the same page to get the grade A chances they were looking for. Kings fans, there appears to be something wrong with Twitter. So if you were tweeting at me, with your suggestions for play of the game, player of the game, I just want to let you know that I can't see it. So if you've ever wanted to call in, now's the night to do it, 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. Daryl, I do want to single out Cam Talbot because I thought uh, he, he did not let the team down. Um, if you're only going to score one goal, I can't imagine you're going to win a lot of games. I thought Cam Talbot looked good tonight. No, he was solid. Uh, you know, you can't blame the goaltender. You know, you look at the goals that were scored against him, uh, the first one, the Kings won the faceoff. They ended up drawing the puck back towards that area, 
in an unfortunate bounce by Callie Evan. I'm not sure. I think it was uh, Jordan Spencer on defense. The puck went through, ends up going to Talbot, bounces off him, and, you know, the rebound's in the back of the cage. The other one, a great stretch pass. I thought the Kings uh, maybe didn't make the best decision. They were up against the boards. Instead of pushing the puck back into the corner, they tried to filter towards the net where a couple of Kings were uh, in that area. The puck ends up uh, getting fronted by the defender. They block it, and they come back the other way with a great stretch pass, uh, getting it up to uh, Eberle, and Eberle made a great shot. So, uh, no, you can't blame the goaltender for that. Uh, you know, one goal, it's tough to win games with, with just one goal. But, uh, again, goaltending was uh, not, the, not the difference in this hockey game tonight. All right, we are going to take another break here as I try and figure out uh, some things on the tech side. Taking your calls, 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. Two to one, cracking over the Kings here at Crypto.com Arena. You're listening to, you are listening to Kings Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio. This is Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to L.A. Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back. Ooh, excuse me. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. Welcome back, Kings fans. I'm Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk, coming to you from the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center on the upper concourse of Crypto.com Arena. You'll find you'll, your final score here in downtown L.A. Daryl, I have lost the ability to talk suddenly. I don't know what's going on. Final score here in downtown L.A. Your L.A. Kings won the Seattle Kraken 2. Stephen from Tahunga was at the game, and he's got a comment about Kevin Fiala. Stephen, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. All right, well, drive safe to Tahunga. But while you do that, what's your thoughts on uh, Kevin Fiala tonight? Uh, he He seems to be trying too hard. Um, we know the points are there. He's up there. But there's always those moments where, in tonight's game especially, stick handle too many, passes are too cute. Um, he had that good between-the-legs pass. I'll give him that. But still, he's he seems to be trying to do a little bit too much. And I go back to the comments he made earlier in the season where he was – recognizing that his play wasn't where he wanted it to be. And it's it's frustrating to watch that because we know what he's capable of. And it just is extremely frustrating on a night like tonight. Did you watch last night's game? I did. What did you think of his game last night? Better. <laughs> just better? Um, in, no, no. I, Better in one word, but yeah, he was he was phenomenal yesterday. He was kind of all over the place. He last night is what we've come to expect from him, essentially. Well, I think when you look at a player with his capabilities and his skill set, not too many players in the league can skate like he can, handle the puck like he can, pass like he can, and I think you know the comments you made were probably very accurate as to you know. But you use the words too cute, too fancy, trying to do too much. He does take it upon himself. He wants to be a difference maker. Nothing that he does in a game is anything selfish. He's always looking out for the best of the team, and he feels he has the ability to be able to be the difference maker in a game. The other Last night, we commented numerous times on the broadcast with Nick and I how many times he touched the puck. Like, he'd have the puck in his stick for two seconds, like, he he'd move it to the open guy. He, he just his vision out there is incredible. 
tonight, I think he sensed that his team was maybe struggling a little bit, and sometimes less is more. I thought he did try to do a little bit too much, uh, especially in the early part of the hockey game. But again, uh, I don't think we can fault uh, Kevin Fiala for the way things were went in this hockey game. I think what we saw from the entire team, that was you know uh, an example of what happened. Uh, there really wasn't too many guys that were were clicking. I thought the Kings were a little bit out of sync. They weren't connected as five-man units when uh, they were on the attack. And because of that, they didn't get the grade-A looks. They didn't get second opportunities. Uh, they had, again, a lot of volume towards the net, but unfortunately when a goaltender at this level can see the puck more chances or not they're going to make saves so uh you know kevin fiala again you know he'll get back to you know where he was that line has been very effective with deno and Moore, averaging a goal a game since they've been united the last 16 games and uh tonight was a game that uh you know they were a little off just as the kings were uh, not that it was a poor game it's just that they were a little off and that just goes to show you the parody in the nhl you know, there's not a lot of margin for error out there, and if the other team gets a, you know, takes advantage of a couple of their breaks, you don't. You're going to end up on the wrong side of it. Fiala is one of those players, Daryl, where it's it's fascinating to me in a game like last night, or uh, or a game uh, like uh, against Seattle a few days ago. You know, he'll have two or three games in a row where he plays a much um, quieter game, maybe. But the results are there, but nobody, because it's a quieter game, because it's a little bit more self-contained maybe, it doesn't go noticed. Whereas a game like this where he, like you know, the rest of the team, you say you start to grip their sticks, they start to press a little too hard. Because he has that ability, because he has that confidence in himself, it, it speaks a little louder on the ice. Maybe it's almost like the difference between two players, and I'm not trying to draw any direct comparisons, but a player like a Blake Lazat versus an Andre Kopitar when Blake Lazat is, you know, churning up and down the ice, you see the legs moving, you see every ounce of effort, whereas a guy like Kopitar, bigger, smoother, maybe doesn't look like he's putting forth the same effort, but it's, you know, you'd never accuse one or the other of, of outplaying the other. No, it's sometimes some guys will make it look like it's effortless out there. Uh, you know, they have that long stride. They're big, they're strong. Where other guys are, you know, maybe a shorter, a choppier stride, and you know, you see their head and their shoulders, their arms are swinging all the time when they're out there, and uh, that's just the way certain individuals are. But uh, you know, with Kevin Fiala, you know, when the Kings acquired him, they were looking for a difference maker, and Kings got exactly what they were looking for. He is a difference maker. When you're looking at games, uh, he's he's a guy that you can turn to. Uh, I thought on that last power play when he wasn't able to start out there that uh, they could have used him on the entries, getting pucks into the offensive zone in possession of the puck. Um, you know, he does things at, at a quick pace, and sometimes he'll break down the opposition. So, um, you know, I'm sure the coaches will talk to him. I'm sure he'll talk with his line mates, and they'll want to get back on the same page. But there's no need to, to, to panic. Uh, you know, again, if it was something that we were seeing every night where he was turning the puck over, then it's a different story. But... Again, not going to fault them for, for trying to do something out there and make, you know, make a difference in the game. Stephen, we appreciate the call. Pete, hang on. We're going to get to you soon. Trevor from Long Beach, are you still there? Trevor from Long Beach, are you with us? Yeah, hey, Jesse. Hey, Daryl. How's it going? Good. Thank you, Trevor. You've got a question that, honestly, Daryl, I'm glad Trevor called to ask this because I have noticed this myself as well. Trevor, why don't you go ahead and ask about the faceoffs? Yeah, so I was at the game tonight, but I've been noticing this all season. Uh, it seems like there are more Kings players getting kicked out of faceoffs than normal. 
Uh, my first question would be, what constitutes getting kicked out of a face-off? And my second would be, have you either of you noticed an uptick in this this season? I don't necessarily say there's an uptick. Uh, I think the Kings are very aggressive in the face-off circle. Uh, you look at Kopitar, who's you know he's one of the better guys in that regard, over fifty fifty-seven percent and face-off winning percentage. And in order to win at that rate, if you allow the opposition to uh, you know get the upper hand on you, you know chances are you you're, you're not going to win your draw. And times two, there's a lot of times that like when face-offs are won or lost, we've seen centermen that'll win the draw clean and put it into an area. But it's those 50-50 pucks that the guys that are on the side, whether it be the wingers or the defenders, they're losing that battle. So the statistic comes against the individual that he didn't win his draw. And in essence, he may have won the draw clean. So uh, I think face-offs, uh, you know, everybody wants to be, you know, on their toes and jumping. Uh, a lot of times, you, int- you know, the mentality that you take into it is that you're going to lose the face-off, especially the ones that are in your own zone. That way you're moving in the right direction. And... Uh, you know, that's the way it happens. But uh, I don't think there's a crazy change in uh, guys getting ejected from there. Uh, I think the Kings, because they have on multiple lines, multiple centermen, uh, they'll be a little bit more aggressive because they'll, they'll take the chances of maybe drawing the opposition's guy, getting him thrown out of the faceoff, and knowing that they've got another guy that they can turn back to. Trevor, I'm going to look into that because I agree. I, uh trust what Daryl's saying, but I know that I have had moments where I thought, yeah, why is this happening so much? It could just be confirmation bias. Once you see it happen, you're going to notice it every time it happens, even though it could only be one out of every 50 or 100 or whatever, but you start to see it. It's like when you buy a yellow car, suddenly you see yellow cars all over the road, even though the yellow cars are just however many they are. Trevor, appreciate you calling in. Pete from Huntington, are you still with us? Hey, guys. How you doing? Excellent. Thanks Uh, for calling in. Pete, how are you? No, I'm doing great. Just coming back from the game and um, just kind of wondering why Why do we think – I mean, the first period I thought that Kings outplayed the Kraken 100%. And I think they did, and I think everybody will attest to that. But the second and third period, I thought we got outplayed. I mean, 100%. I thought we got outplayed. But why do you think that we cannot win at home? This is This is a – this is a story that's been going on for the whole year so far, and we're 13-1-1 one one on the road, but we can't win at home. Um, wow. So I, I, I'm, I'm, in an, I, I'm, I'm just like in an awe for words because we cannot win at home. So, All right, Pete, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back to game one when the season started. Do you remember who the okay. Kings' first opponent was at home? Yeah, I get it. Who was it? I get it. It was Colorado. Right. Who was next? Uh, next was, I think, uh, Carolina. Vegas. Carolina, Carolina and Vegas. I know we had all the good teams. We had so the, I know we had we the four. We had, and then we had Boston. Boston set an NHL right. record most points. Carolina won their division. Colorado Correct. won their division. Correct. Vegas won the cup. So when you look at the yeah. first four opponents, when the Kings went uh, you know, one, three, and three right off the bat, right. you've got to remember, they were a team – they were in Australia. Again, these are not excuses, but these are maybe factors that maybe play in. Uh, you're, you're starting okay. to get in. You've got a new defenseman in England back in the line. You've got Dubois, who's right. coming into the mix. Laferriere was was worked in as well. Uh, 
So it took the Kings a little bit of time to kind of find their game in that regard. When they do go on right. the road, as a lot of teams do, they tend to play a little bit of a simpler game. At home, okay. a lot of times guys want to put maybe put a little bit of a show on. You know, they got their family, they got their friends, they got the energy from the crowd cheering you on, and uh, sometimes it can work against you. Uh, I don't think the Kings are uh, they play that much differently uh, on the on the road than they do at home. There's no doubt that they've got okay. a ton of confidence on the road. Uh, you know, the record. Why why wouldn't you have that when you go on the road? And that plays into right. the you know to the opposition's mind as well. You know, they come in and go, wow, this team, you know has only lost one game on the road. So, you know, they they put themselves in a a different spot. I think, you see, by the time the end of the year comes, and, uh, you know, that's the meaningful time because now you're going to get ready for playoff hockey, that that trend will, uh, at home, will be in the Kings' favor, and this will be a tough building for the opposition to come into. Well, I hope so. I really do hope so. And, by the way, Daryl, I want to say thank you again uh, a couple years ago when we were in uh, uh, Colorado, my wife and I were at the outdoor game. You sat there and talked to us for 25 minutes, and we really appreciate you. So thank you so much. My pleasure, and uh, we appreciate your support, and happy holidays to you and your family. Stay healthy and well. Thank Thanks for you, calling in, Pete. We appreciate it. Trevor from Torrance, I know you had to go, but if you want to give it, give us another call back, Trevor, we will uh, do everything in our power to get you on the line. Uh, Daryl, Trevor uh, was unable to... Hold on, but we understand um, 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. Daryl Evans joining me here on Kings Talk. Final score tonight from Crypto.com Arena, Seattle Kraken 2, LA Kings 1. And, Daryl, that home record um, that Pete mentioned, I also want to point out because this was something that I was uh, strongly concerned with uh, to start the season. The first two games of the season, like you mentioned, difficult opponents, and Arthur Kaliev was out of the lineup. Plus, you had the uh, added issue with Victor Arvidsson being LTIR'd right away. The first game, you were down an extra man. Uh, the first three home losses, Colorado, Carolina, Boston, they beat Arizona. Then they lost uh, in a shootout to Vegas, so they yep. get a point there. Yep. But again, the second night of back-to-back situation. They play in Arizona at home the first game, Vegas the second game. That's October. Moving into November, they lose to Pittsburgh on the second night of back-to-backs, and that was an overtime game. They still get a point there. They play Vegas on uh, November the 8th, Pittsburgh November the 9th. It's not a long travel day, but it is back-to-back games. There was the stinker against Philadelphia. Those happen. They beat Florida. They beat uh, St. Louis. They beat Montreal. They lose that tough game to Washington. That brings us into December, and now we have the win against Colorado, the really impressive win against Colorado. Um, they lost to Winnipeg, and then tonight, yet another back-to-back situation. So, Yeah, and you know, you look at that game, you, know, you mentioned the one that they lost to Washington. That was a game that they deserved to win. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those games, they outplayed their opponent, they outchanced them, they outshot them, and sometimes the puck doesn't go in. Uh, again, it's a game of inches out there. Uh, tonight, didn't play their best game, didn't play their worst game against a team that works extremely hard. The, uh, you know, the Seattle Kraken, they have points in six of their last seven games. They're three, one, and three in their last seven games after going winless for eight for eight games. So they're on a, a little bit of an uptick, and that's what you have to you know recognize as well when you play a team. When you play a team, if they're hot or if they're cold, do they have some injuries or do they just get some guys back? So all those are little factors, and, and every every team you know has those moments through the course of the year where they're going to get some favorable matchups. But 
And, you know, teams, uh, you know, again, Seattle, again, because they just played a couple of games to go against each other, Seattle knew that when they came from their game, they were going to be in L.A. before the Kings were, and they got themselves in the right frame of mind. They weathered the storm early. They made sure they didn't give up anything. They didn't make it easy for the Kings. They took advantage of a, you know, of a break off a face-off win by the Kings and then a, a breakdown by uh, the Kings on the outnumbered uh, breakaway there. So it, it was more of a game that the Kings, you know, they it did, not that they were glaring mistakes, but things that they can control. And that's those are the opportunities that went by them. It's not like they gave up great A chance after great A chance. I thought Cam Talbot came up with some really big saves, but uh, the Kings found a way to keep themselves around. They they hung around. They just weren't able to get you know the equalizer and maybe send it to the extra period to pick up the extra point. All right, Trevor from Torrance, last chance to call back in eight seven seven Kings twenty eight seven seven Kings twenty. Going to do a quick reset. And uh, if we do not hear back from Trevor from Torrance, Darrell, I think we're going to call it a night. Seattle Kraken score two goals. Your L.A. Kings score one. Three stars of the game from Seattle, Jordan Eberle. Second star from your L.A. Kings, Blake Lazat. And no surprise, the first star of the game, goaltender from the Seattle Kraken, Joey Decord. I could have sworn, Daryl, that, that the Kings had 44 shots, but they changed it on me. It's 43. So <laughs> Decord stopping 42 of 43 shots. Uh, Blake Lazat getting the lone goal for your L.A. Kings. And uh, still no word back from Trevor, so apologies, Trevor, uh, that you were not able to stay with us. But that is going to do it for this edition of Kings Talk. Final score tonight at Crypto.com Arena, your L.A. Kings 1, the Seattle Kraken 2. The L.A. Kings hockey returns to iHeartRadio Saturday night as your L.A. Kings take on the Flames here at Crypto.com Arena. Pre-game show will begin at 6.30 Pacific here on LA Kings Audio Network. And it'll be Festivus, by the way, for anybody who celebrates. You've been listening to LA Kings Hockey. For Nick Nixon, Jim Fox, Daryl Evans, Zach Dooley, and Carlin Bathe, uh, Pete, Trevor, Stephen, and E-Man. Our on-site producer, Jake Warner, and our network producer, Jeff Cabot. I'm Jesse Cohen. Have a wonderful evening, Kings fans. We'll talk to you on Saturday. on the rebound. You've been listening to Kings Talk along the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Follow the Kings all season long wherever you are. Downloading. With the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Download the iHeart app for free. And join us next time for the excitement of LA Kings hockey.